Welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Me, Myself and Isla, Lifting the Lid on Loneliness. I volunteer at a charity called Mental Health Aberdeen, where Astrid White is the counselling services manager and Laura Simmons is the manager of a project called One-to-One Counselling Services Decide. I can't think of another two people that I would rather kick things off with. I've got to know both of them across the past few years and deeply value the wisdom, kindness and compassion they have for people. They're also skilled counsellors who regularly support people who are experiencing loneliness for the many reasons that we do. I didn't want to begin my journey into podcasting covering such an emotive topic without involving professionals who could guide me when required and perhaps offer advice and support if we find ourselves in a situation where it's needed. So I was over the moon when they agreed to join me for a chat about loneliness in general, to share our own experiences of it, to chat about the various causes of loneliness and of course the importance of having the courage to speak up if you've been feeling lonely because you are not alone. Full disclosure, I've never done this before. Podcasting is not my area of expertise and neither is interviewing. Some of these podcasts are recorded in Zoom with questionable audio, whilst others are in the studio with my dad, who is a media professional. So as you can imagine, there's occasional differences in quality. All I'm really hoping is that my guests, who were kind enough to join me to share their knowledge and experiences, have a voice and can be heard, and that they go on to help others feel less alone by opening up in this way. So, with that covered, brace yourselves, buckle up, let's do this. All right, well... Astrid and Laura, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Me, Myself and Isla, which is not the first one I've recorded, but I think will probably be the first one that ends up going out. So thank you so much for joining me today. No, no pressure there then. No. <laughs> but you know, I honestly can't think of two people that I would rather kick this off with more because I trust your advice. I feel safe with you. I know you're wise. I know you know what we're talking about. And I just thought a discussion with you guys about loneliness and about the various themes that come along with that would be the smartest possible way to kick this off. So thank you so much for joining me. I know how busy you are. Oh, you're no, welcome. thank you. Thanks for the invite. Mm. You're welcome. I think um, I guess to set a scene um, and we're probably going to talk on this later. One of the reasons that I decided to kick this podcast off was I am very lucky. I have a solid family network. I have great friends. I've got a good job and I really know how lucky I am. But across the Christmas period, there was a, I, you know, I spent some good time with my family. Maybe I hadn't seen my friends quite as much as I thought I would have. I don't know, but I, there was a couple of days where I spent some time on my own. And I'm usually really good with being time on my own, but I had a couple of days and I just thought, oh God, what is this feeling? I feel teary. I feel anxious. I feel unhappy. I don't know what this is. And then just, I sat there and I was like, I think I feel lonely. And I'm sure I'll have felt lonely before. I, of course I will have felt lonely before, but it was one of the first times I was like, oh God, I really... I think this is a thing. I do think I feel lonely. And then I said, God, and I, said, I remember feeling teary. And then I remember thinking, well, like, you know, I should reach out to someone. I should say, I feel like this. And I think I did reach out to my friends, but in the middle of the, oh, I said, God, I can't be the only person to feel like this. And then mm-hmm. I did a little bit of reading and I came across an amazing editor in a magazine that I read that spoke about loneliness and how it'd been brought on with her. Um, things to do with the pandemic which I guess is going to make this a really hot topic but mm-hmm. the more I thought about it and I've been working a lot on digital events and we've been doing things similar to podcasts really and it's like oh 
maybe this is what I should do my podcast on, maybe loneliness. And I said, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not that exciting a topic. Maybe it's not that big a deal. And thought, well, I can put the feelers out um, and see if anybody would like to join me in some kind of podcast journey, talking something about um, loneliness and, and the various forms it takes. So I put uh, a comment on socials, LinkedIn, Facebook, I think, and it was just said, hey, I'm going to do this podcast with myself and Isla. Um, I'm going to try and cover some of these themes. Would anyone like to be on it? And I honestly can't tell you how many replies I got from people saying, oh my goodness, thank you for talking about this. Thank you for bringing this up. I feel lonely. I feel lonely in my job. I feel lonely in my marriage. I feel lonely in my relationship. I feel lonely because I'm on my own. I feel lonely because I'm suffering a severe illness. I feel lonely because my kids have left home. I feel lonely because I've just become a new parent. I'm on my own. I just honestly, I was completely blown away by the number of people that go by. And, and I thought like loneliness is a thing. And then I read more and I saw it's a pandemic and probably it has been a big deal for a while, but our pandemic has, has only heightened it. So I realized I probably do need to do this podcast. That's why I think it's probably quite important that I start off with you guys today because we can really talk about loneliness as a feeling. Mm -hmm. We discuss it with two professionals and then maybe at the end have a think about some hints and tips for people and you know for people who are feeling lonely what can they try what can they do so anyway that's us kicked off mm -hmm. what do you guys think because I think probably I approached you guys both quite quite early on and said mm -hmm. I need your help with this I don't know what shape and form this takes but would you like to be part of this and you both were instantly yes <laughs> yeah because it's such a common theme and and you you've 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 already highlighted that in every every part of your life you can feel like that you can be in in something where everybody for example you you said a young mom feeling lonely you know I'm a young mom everybody will expect you to feel um, euphoric okay or in a marriage or that is outwardly happy um, and somebody saying you're lonely that is really hard to admit that is really difficult to admit. I often myself feel loneliest in crowds. You know, mm -hmm. on a one-to-one, -one, I'm fine. You see, because I'm not a, I'm not somebody, for example, who thrives on 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 huge groups, um, unless I've chosen to be in that group, which is a different thing. You know, but social social events, mm, it's not everybody's cup of tea. You can be really lonely in a crowd. You know, so we can feel like that at any time in our life. Sometimes it's a passing face, and sometimes it's a really deep inner loneliness. And it's that deep inner loneliness maybe that needs attention mm -hmm. um, rather than, than something that is temporary, you know, where you have to get through a certain phase in your life yeah. and, and have to learn to live with it. Um, yeah, but, definitely. I really, and, I, and what you said, Isla, there about loneliness is a feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm really struck by that because it's not, it's not about where you are or who you are or how much money you earn it's about it's about how it feels inside you know that sort mm -hmm. of that felt sense you know that um that you can't always um quantify or mm -hmm. you know really mm -hmm. explain to someone and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why it's so difficult for people to speak out there's a, a vulnerability around loneliness mm -hmm. that just makes it so so hard yeah it's like I was embarrassed first of all yeah yeah I thought, yeah. That, I thought it really meant simple. If I'm lonely, that must mean I don't have friends or I'm yeah. not popular enough yeah. or I don't have a yeah. enough or I just I felt pathetic. And I said, well, yeah, that can't be okay yeah. to talk myself down like that. Yeah. It is the patheticness, yeah, this bit of where you kind of think, how will this be perceived? You know, I'm mm -hmm. somebody who 
is xyz yeah. whatever it is so how it doesn't fit it? then no does it, it doesn't because yeah. you you're with mm. you have this feeling that it doesn't mm. fit how you see yourself mm. so mm-hmm. not only then are you feeling bad but then you're kind of judging yourself for feeling mm. bad mm-hmm. <laughs> and you expect also to, to be judged yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fear is, the yeah, yeah, the fear, the fear is, is, I'll be the judged. Fear is that yeah. is that 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 will be around as well. You know, yeah, so. and I think that is that maybe why most people don't ask for help because yeah. how do you? It's because like, actually, I mean, we all know this. I think we're all the same. Like, I'm usually an open book with my feelings. I talk about anxiety till I'm blue in the face. I mm-hmm. talk about how much I worry. It's, it's so comfortable talking about that, but I find it really difficult to say that I felt lonely, mm-hmm. and that's. That must be a really common problem. And yeah. I, so. And so, I think we've all felt it. Yeah. I think we've all felt it. You know, we've all been there. We all know it. We know how dark it is and can be and how it can continue to be. Yeah. And do yeah. you think that's been heightened by what's been going on for these past two years? Oh, Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think of, of the unnatural um, ways we have lived in the last two years this most it's a peculiar thing I mean if I think back to you know one walk a day one this a day you know I mean it, it felt like you were being dictated to and how you had to to be you know not speak to people you know and these face masks again sh- you can only see eyes and eyes don't always speak you know some people's eyes I mean I'm uh, somebody who wears glasses now that hides another bit you know so it's it's really hard to connect yeah and overnight we, you know yeah. going from you no know, no gradual yeah, just no, bingo yeah. just overnight lockdown yeah um, yeah that this disconnect. is what you will do yeah and I remember saying to um Oh, quite a few people at the start of the pandemic, you know, the first lockdown, that you know the people who were going to struggle the most were the were the extroverted planners, yes. you know, people who planned social things and needed to be with people for connection and to get their energy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm an introvert, so you know, I like planning. That was a problem. The uncertainty was a problem for me. But actually, you know, spending protracted lengths of time at home and just with my family, you know, my husband and my a couple of teenage kids that was okay for me actually that mm-hmm. that was quite comfortable for me um mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was I was lonely at that time um because it would kind of life was simple but I think for people who are extroverts that was a huge deal people that lived on their own that was massive or mm-hmm. people in unhappy relationships I mean it must mm-hmm. have been horrendous mm-hmm. yeah but imagine imagine being locked in with yeah. a person you yeah. do not like you know yeah. I, really I thought that was like double punishment you know oh yeah I remember what because I am an extrovert who lives on her own so at one point I felt like my oxygen supply had been cut off I I really do miss human relationships but I was very quick to realize not it was it was a funny old time wasn't it because Mm. you wanted to not worry about yourself and just think oh no but I've got it better than them and everyone was trying to do that but and sometimes you just had to cut yourself a bit of slack and appreciate you were going through something grim. But I did realize very early on that it must be so difficult for anyone who was not happy in their home circumstance. Mm-hmm. And they were stuck there with nowhere to go. And I'm sure we probably all know people that were in situations mm-hmm. like that. 
Mm-hmm. And I do wonder what that's all about, because I hear that time and time again in the counselling room. Oh, but um, other people have it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just said there, you know, I think about all the other people who have it worse. And it's sort of like, it's kind of like that real minimising that, that we do as humans. And I don't know if part of it's trying to reassure ourselves or or it is just minimising our own stuff, but we do it all the time. And just because you're someone else is struggling more which of course there are always going to be people who are struggling more and just because our lives aren't awful on on paper doesn't mean that things aren't tough and we don't feel bad I read something funny that you based on you saying that Laura it was like if we all went by that chain of thought it would mean the only one person in the world was allowed to worry because <laughs> they would be the only one person that had it worse than everyone else and it's like oh fair enough yeah, yeah. Is, it, yeah. Is, it, is it an end to the line that's what I was yeah. thinking and the other thing is I think that is it, it's a little bit cultural as well Mm. yeah okay yeah Yeah. I mean this discounting this this Mm. this minus sign that seems to be in front of people in this country seems to be just just global almost but you know but it isn't because quite honestly I've met other nations who kind of say me first me first me first (laughs) yeah gosh you know so if I think about it yeah if I think of the American family I have yeah it's more kind of you know they count themselves as far more important they are important. They don't discount themselves like this, not in this mm. almost immediate manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking of my mother, who was who was Belgian French, she also had a very much me first mm-hmm. attitude. I yeah. think it's like it's just knowing that our feelings are valid, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, valuing yeah. how yeah. we feel, really giving that the weight that it that it deserves. Actually, mm-hmm. it's really important. Mm. But with Nobody, that, I guess, comes a comes a sense of, although no, you know, if if I'm, I'm allowed to feel this way, like that's where the shame comes in then, the recognition yeah. of actually this is really awful. And and yeah, maybe I need to speak to someone about this. And oh, that feels terrifying sometimes. Yeah. I wonder if some of it came down to your, but whenever, because we're obviously having a discussion around different types of loneliness and people feeling different, lonely for different reasons. And then... I've really tried to do as much reading for this podcast as I can so that I can hold my own in a conversation with professionals and then not just sit there silently. Um, And I started just by Googling what the definition of loneliness is, as you do with everything just now. And what I seem to get from it is that loneliness comes from when you have a kind of perceived idea of what you want your social situation to be and your actual experience doesn't match it and that's why so for example if you like being on your own and you are on your own your what you want is exactly what you've got and you're fine and if you like being around lots of people and you are around lots of people again it's going to be, but if you like being on your own and you are in a room full of a whole load of people there might be a loneliness there or if you love being in a whole room of people, I mean, I'm stalling out here, but you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's not as black and white as that, but it's all, well, actually, is that kind of what loneliness is? Or how would you guys describe loneliness? A feeling, an emotion. <laughs> yeah. A feeling and an emotion. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I don't think it is just about, about social interaction. Mm. I don't think it's just about that. Um, that would almost be easy, wouldn't it? Yeah, because yeah. then one friend would solve that or one good yeah. friend would solve that or, or one close relationship would solve that. And I, I have spoken too often to people who have had some close relationships and, and, and really valuable relationships mm-hmm. and were still lonely, were still feeling lonely. And that's 
sometimes you miss one important part, you know, something in your life. Um, I remember speaking to somebody who had what you would prescribe, yeah, would see as perhaps the perfect life. You know, lovely partner, lovely lovely job, lovely everything. You know, I mean, and what they missed as a couple was they couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. And they were both really, really lonely because of that. Mm-hmm. They were missing a part of, of what they expected their life to be like, you know, to have children. And they had left it very late and, you know, too late for much IVF and so on, you know, and adoption, even adoption was going to be difficult. But, and I remember thinking, so you can miss just a part of the puzzle mm-hmm. and that yeah. can still make you feel awful. Mm-hmm. Even though you've got 99 pieces of the hundred piece puzzle, you know, this one missing piece really makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's, that's how it yeah. felt to them. Definitely, that sense of disconnect. Yeah, and I think you know when I was thinking about about speaking about um, to you both this evening, I was thinking about you know times in my life where I felt um, lonely, and times in myself when, uh, in my life when I haven't. And what's the difference there? You know, and, mm-hmm. and that feeling of uh, it, for me, it comes down to connection. And yeah. and when I feel when I feel connected to those around me, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel good. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I don't feel lonely, yeah. and uh, and you know, like I like my own space. You know, I I don't need to be around people all the time. In fact, I need I need my own space. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that I can I I'm connected mm-hmm. to others is mm-hmm. is is what stops that lonely feeling. And then times in my life where I felt that disconnect, mm-hmm. um, and I and I haven't haven't had people in my life who I've really felt get me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been so terribly lonely, you know, even yeah. when I've been living in a, you know, a student in a house full of people, you know, it's. Mm-hmm. When you weren't understood. Yeah, yeah. You really felt you, nobody yeah. could get you. Nobody yeah. could understand you. No. Nobody could really mm-hmm. understand where you were at at that yeah. precise moment. Yeah. And I can't be myself if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm in a situation yeah. mm-hmm. where I can't relax and be yeah. myself and, and ask yeah. for what I need, you know, and feel comfortable yeah. to do that then yeah. there's a disconnect there for me and that's when that's when mm-hmm. I feel lonely mm-hmm. yeah and that again must be really common because that can come from so many different situations can't it mm-hmm. 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 and is it when you guys are you know, dealing with your clients like is, is loneliness a theme that comes up regularly yeah mm-hmm. yeah all the time all mm-hmm. the time and and it is that and, and I and I do think I can link it back pretty much to that that feeling yeah. of that disconnect mm-hmm. and and then what what you said I listen like you know this this isn't what I thought life would be like or you know as mm-hmm. the example mm-hmm. of the, the couple mm-hmm. um, who couldn't have children you know th- that sense of this isn't what I thought life would be like no it's they, really they hard yeah and they also couldn't admit to each other that they were really really missing this bit so the yeah, disconnect so they was were missing there. each other yeah. Yeah. so they yeah. were missing each other and there was only when that kind of improved things got a bit better you know mm-hmm. but they, they could not admit that like you say you couldn't be yourself with mm. you know at that precise moment you felt you weren't understood for fear of hurting the other they couldn't admit to yeah. miss you know actually being really hurt yeah and then yeah. that drives you further apart Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you could see how the, the, the divide got bigger, you know, mm-hmm. because, and there was no intention. They were a good, no. they were a good pair, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it's easy 
it's very easy to get lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always easy to identify it. Mm-hmm. I genuinely didn't know what the feeling was I had. I just knew it was really unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like it and I felt unhappy. And actually, I read, I'm reading this book called The Lonely Century, which is actually an incredible oh, wow. book. It's so good. My friend recommended it to me. Um, but in there, they talk about like the, like you guys said, the emotions of loneliness and mm-hmm. physically what it does in the body. And I hope it's okay. Because what I don't want to do is scare anyone who's feeling lonely on this podcast as well. But they said the feelings are really, really close to anxiety. Like that is how, mm-hmm. how so I'm not, I don't know if everyone feels that way. But for me, I was like, God, mm-hmm. that's, that's for sure how I felt. And I don't know if it was just a frustration or feeling a bit trapped in my situation and I didn't know why I thought it and I couldn't think of a fix for it. Um, but do you think that's true? Do you think that's what a lot of people feel? I I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of people... I think it's hard to recognise it. I mean, like you said, Laura, you felt it when you were younger, you know, or in a student household. <clears throat> I lost my life partner about four years ago. The first year I was, I managed not to badly. It was the year after where I first realized and, and the reaction set in, you now don't have anybody you can talk to mm-hmm. at that close level that you had, you know, where it actually became utterly apparent to me that that link in my life was now not any longer there. And that's, you know, that was, that was a big realization and it really took me aback. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's the first time in my life I recognized you don't have this one familiar link that you have always been used to, you know? So... Yeah. Where you could be entirely yourself, mm-hmm. you know, what's and all. <clears throat> and also could be reasonably sure of being understood, at least to a level, even though he was a man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yes, well, I, well, uh, yeah. And that I, is a big thing because with other, you know, it's also about your roles in life that comes in, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. I have a close link to my kids. But I'm a mum there. Mm-hmm. That's a different position, okay? I like discussing things. And sometimes you feel very connected. Sometimes you feel you're really missing each other in the wind, you know, you're passing ships in the night because you're not on the same plate at all. And that's okay because, I mean, goodness gracious, they're grown men. They have their own families. It's okay. But other times you feel very connected. So... It depends also on your roles mm-hmm. and, and, and your functions, you know, your interconnections, what level they're at. You know, is it a friend you're speaking to? Is it somebody you, you know, mm-hmm. is it family you're talking to? Who is it? And, and, and what position do they hold with you? You know, what can you be with them? Can you be yourself? Mm. 
Can you and, can, and can you recognize it as well? Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people are, are lonely and, yeah. and, and, and can't recognize it. So filling the void with with other things, you know, with yeah. social media or mm-hmm. with alcohol or with exercise or mm-hmm. but, but not in a not in a self-care way, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, but, but like with a, with a yeah, with an escapism, with a with a yeah. filling the void and um yeah and then not really connecting with emotion then not really being able to to reach out to people and and say you know which actually ultimately is much healthier which is you know to acknowledge that you're struggling and to be able to ask for help um I think it's really interesting that you guys say like a lot of people might not know that's what they're feeling Mm. (laughs) they've just got this sad feeling whatever it is to them and Mm. Maybe yeah, you just identify. But sometimes you just you just have a you know when you when you first feel not entirely yourself, it can be yeah. just like a feeling of malaise, you know, uh-huh. this kind of like off color or off this, you know, uh-huh. whatever. You're off, okay? Uh you recognize you're behaving slightly differently from normal or or yeah, you're acting yeah. out something differently, you know. Um, or men or come to men come to counseling and they're angry. Yeah, and their partners have said you need to go and get some counselling because you're really yeah. angry all the time. And yeah. they come to yeah. counselling. It's like, okay, well, what's really what's really going on here? What? Well, they don't know what they're yeah. angry about, and it turns yeah. out that you know it's it's grief from losing a parent years ago, or it's yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's unhappiness in their job, yeah. and there's a disconnect yeah. there, and yeah. you know, and it all basically yeah. comes down to 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 loneliness or they don't yeah. have any friends because you know in my experience men very often don't you know it's not yeah, the same yeah. as women they don't yeah. they don't speak to them so maybe they've only got their partners mm-hmm. you know and, and a couple of couple of work colleagues um and they haven't been yeah. seeing them in the last couple of years because most yeah. people are working from home so you know they just don't just don't yeah. understand so anger is what comes out because anger is the safe thing yeah um and yeah mm-hmm. actually when you get into it so actually they're really lonely mm-hmm. yeah yeah did you hear did, did you do remember um it was i think during lockdown came out this um i was was one bbc scotland i think um was talking about the suicides in the shinty group no I in Foch, um, or one of the villages and i think there were seven five or seven people i don't want to kind of overstate it but um, I listened to it and it was really well done. It was a journalist and guitar player. I can look it out. Um, and there was a group of people who over time, there were at least five of the players. There may have been seven who took their own life. All Gosh. men, obviously, out of that same group. And okay, there will, will have been some domino effect. We know that. But when you boiled it down, you know, what you nearly heard about nearly every one of them. Oh, but they were the life and soul of the party. Yeah. yeah? And mm. this is the bit where I kind of think, yeah, they were in a crowd, but I bet they were felt, they felt they couldn't be themselves mm. with mm. those around them. Yeah. Especially and, if in their group, they were, yeah. you know, they were the life yeah. and soul. Yeah. People expect them to be that. Yeah. That's who mm-hmm. they were. And when yeah. you distill that down, that made me think of them as being, intensely lonely yeah i mean painfully lonely because that is what it boiled down to you know this aloneness with a feeling that is so big that you can't share with anybody i thought Mm -hmm. i I, i'm i'm having a senior moment here i think because i don't remember the name of it i'll look it out because i've got it on my other computer um 
because I've listened to that at least two or three times. And it's incredible. And I thought, how can this happen? One village experiencing mm. so much suicide. Mm-hmm. It um, just reminded me, um, Astrid, of a time in my life where yeah. I, I, so I had, um, my kids are 20 months apart and we lived um, about an hour away from my mum and dad and my mum's um, mum, my grandma was, um, had dementia, was in a nursing home at the time. So my mum was really quite distracted looking after her, you know, rightfully so. But now I had two, two really young kids and was, not doing great at all um, but I did have an extended network of friends and um, women that I'd met at the antenatal class and we used to meet up every week um, and I would always bring a cake or something I'd made baked and the kids would always be really well turned out so would I and I earned myself the kind of nickname of Supermum. And it was such an intense pressure to be that that person, to be on it, you know. And when they came round once a week, because we alternated to houses that we went to, my house had to be absolutely spotless. I'd be up, you know, sort of like sort of midnight, one in the morning, cleaning before being, you know. And actually, these these women, they really didn't care about the state of my kitchen floor. But because they 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 had sort of named me Supermom, and that felt like the bar I had to meet, and I couldn't let that and because I felt so. Um, I don't know, it just felt like such a pressure. So I can really see that. And it was, yeah, it was a tremendously lonely time. If I'd only said, you know, actually, I'm really mm. struggling, they would have absolutely been there for me because I, I was there for for them. You know, several of them were, you know, mm. several women in that group were really struggling. And I was there, you know, so why didn't I feel that they would be there for me? It was just, yeah, it's odd looking back on it, I think. Mm-hmm. But that was, this was, again, the, the, the person you were to them. Yeah. You know, and, and you yeah. kind of allowed them both to force you into the role. Yes. Plus, you had kind of initially given out the vibes yeah. that I'm I'm coping. You know, so I was get, I was getting something from that. You know, the sort of illusion that I was, you know, that I was coping. I'm okay. Um, yeah. yeah, but it was. If they say oh, so, I must yeah, be. Okay. it must be true. <laughs> must be okay. Um, but gosh, yeah. what a yeah. intensely lonely and pressured time. Mm-hmm. You no, know, really, mm-hmm. a, a time that's hard enough, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. That too. I know, especially with little ones. You said something, I don't know, because you guys are the experts here, but we spoke about disconnects earlier, and that must be really tough when you've got this persona that everyone thinks is great, but your feelings yeah. inside are the exact opposite of that. That must be yeah. so tough. How do you live up to that then? Yeah. What other people are saying you are and you know you're not, like like those guys on the Shinty team, really tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you think about it, it's just, it just, it's everywhere and it's pervasive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To that, you know, that high achiever at work, you know, well, what's, what's really going on for them? You know, mm-hmm. are they, are they mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. yeah. And it's everywhere, like, isn't it? Yeah. And I was going to say, like, what effect can loneliness have on mental health? But it's just absolutely tied in with mental health, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I was reading somewhere the biggest predictor for a, a, a long and unhappy life is social connection, yeah. um, mentally and physically. You know, something like um, 30% higher stroke rate um, 
20 something percent higher rate of heart disease Mm -hmm. in in people who have been lonely for for four or more years or something I think that's an American Mm -hmm. statistic but Mm -hmm. yeah it's um and and I think it's impossible to sort of tease out what's going on there because perhaps lonely people you know aren't sleeping great and maybe aren't getting sort of fresh air and exercise and aren't maybe are drinking more alcohol maybe smoking more so Mm -hmm. I mean I'm sure there's 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 more going on than than just lack of social Mm -hmm. connection but yeah Mm -hmm. it's they're connected yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I guess we've touched on the pandemic and the impact that that Mm -hmm. might have had on loneliness and things um like what would you what kind of advice do you guys tend to offer people who are feeling lonely or um I don't know yeah I think I mean, there's lots of things people can do to kind of get out there and 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 make connections. Um, I mean, I think making making friends when you're kind yeah. of past sort of. I mean, I know having having kids when they were wee was 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 a way in, you know, and and the sort of school gates. Although that was, mm-hmm. you know, could be pretty horrendous at times. It was also, you know, instantly you got something yeah. common with people, right? Mm-hmm. But I think you know once the, the kids are sort of you know of the age where you're not dropping them off at school, or people who don't have children, you know, and and particularly working from home, you lose those sort of casual kind of connections and the you know how was your weekend kind of chat because that doesn't happen when you're on when on teams or zoom um but you know there are there are some apps i was i was hearing actually there's a couple of apps where you can particularly if you live in a city you know you can friendship apps where you can meet mm-hmm. people kind of like in, you know dating apps but for friendship mm-hmm. which i think is great um yeah. because then it's like is that's an in isn't it and um mm-hmm. and that's a connection and and, mm-hmm. and clubs you know joining finding out what you're interested in and, and going along and yeah that's like a, that. that's often the bit isn't it i mean i try to kind of find out with what people used to like or what they mm-hmm. do like mm-hmm. or what is it they want to learn or what 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 plans have they got for their life forward you know mm-hmm. because um i suppose we're not that good on advice necessarily you know with what we do it is more about finding out what might suit a person mm-hmm. and get letting them find or let them get in touch you know with what their own need is what mm-hmm. is it that might give them a link mm-hmm. to yeah. the outside world um because what I'm, I like or what I might do and might enjoy will not suit somebody else, you know. Mm. So we have to kind of find the, our own way out mm. of that little cave of loneliness, you know. Yeah. Um, so what is it that would, would allow me to get out and do something else with my time? You know, what, what would be a difference or what would make me feel better? And it's funny, sometimes you get it by default or you get it by accident, you yeah. know, you make a connection. Mm. As long as you're mm-hmm. open to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah definitely. We can, we can be quite closed, you know. I mean, you can be in your little little house and, you know, and not see people around you. Yeah. Um, that's my challenge definitely is when I when I feel like I don't want to see people it's mm-hmm. probably when I really need to see someone yeah, <laughs> really yeah. Go out there and um, I often um have a sort of um conversation with clients um if we have an established um a good established relationship is what drains you and what nurtures you yeah because quite often I think as uh, you know as, as busy people we all have quite a lot in our lives that sort of take from us and drain us even good stuff mm-hmm. yeah you know, even even spending time with family can be you know can feel 
like a lot so you know mm-hmm. what and what what nurtures you is that you know is that going out for coffee with a friend is that getting out for a walk you know mm-hmm. is, is there a walking group is there you know yeah what are you interested what in what mm-hmm. do you what what do you enjoy for you you know not for mm-hmm. someone else but for you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really I, had convers- I had a similar conversation with someone on one of the podcasts earlier and um we were both talking about actually podcasts were a really great thing to do when you felt alone because you were able to listen and hear and almost form connections with the people that you were speaking about but we both had two very different types of podcasts that we listened to and she was all down this way and annihilated what my subjects were but I guess the point coming back to that is like think about what it is that you like like what mm-hmm. potentially makes you happy and mm-hmm. um, for me it was kind of like self-help mental health type things mm-hmm. for her it was um you know arrays into singledom and dating and all these kind of things but mm-hmm. I guess similar to what you guys are saying just an interest mm-hmm. and there's so many groups and things now mm-hmm. isn't there like walking groups and things mm-hmm. and more and more of that's people mm-hmm. going along for whatever mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm that's what they want to do and you can build social connections and things that way mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean it, I think I think the pandemic has taken a lot of those groups initially away from people yeah. and they had mm. to find new ways of, of connecting and yeah. um, now I mean I have heard of, of people even during full lockdown going onto Zoom and having their singing groups you know choirs they have had meetings they've done things so I mean anything like this that's given, giving people a feeling of connectedness mm-hmm. and of doing something together, you know, yeah. um, if that is what they want, if that mm-hmm. is what their need is. Yeah. As I say, we're all different animals, Yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. the one thing we do have in common, you know, all of us needing some social connection, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there is this. I've only ever met one hermit in my life, and that was in Austria. And um, he lived up a mountain that that I had climbed with a group of youngsters. And I I met him a couple, three times more, I think, or four times more. Um, And I always made a point of climbing up to his hut. And he was quite happy to be met, um, but... He didn't, I mean, it was up to him. He would let you either, either he would show himself and, 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 and connect with you or he wouldn't, you know. And I mean, he was grisly and old. And I often worried that, you know, one of these di- days he would be found as a bag of bones, you know, mm-hmm. because he was really quite, quite elderly. But he lived the life of a hermit. Uh, he looked uh-huh. entirely after himself. And he only went down to the village, I think, twice a year to pick up supplies that he actually needed otherwise he just didn't need it um and i think he looked after after people's um goats that were allowed to go into the mountains you know he would look after them and for that he would trade basically um because he had no other form of income either Mm -hmm. and he he um he carved things he carved actually really beautiful um wooden pieces so that was the only person I've ever met who lived really entirely on his own by choice mm. and was in his own world. And he was not to my mind or to my experience. First, the first time I met him, I was a youngster, you know, but the last couple of times I met him, I certainly was a um, therapist by that time and I had a fair bit of training. Um, 
And when I looked at him, I thought, no, you're not mentally ill. I could see absolutely no sign of it. I thought he was entirely happy within himself. He didn't need anybody. I mean, the absolute introvert. That's so would, unusual, though, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, but the very you know, I'm an that, introvert, but that's yeah. something else. <laughs> yeah, but by that, I mean, really, this is the one, only person I have ever met wow. who was totally happy with that. Amazing, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm saying amazing, but I don't think that's aspirational. No. You know, like, no. I mean, no, no, no. We, need, we need connection, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, and but that's what I mean. It's just one person, yeah. one yeah, single yeah. person. I mean, I've met people who've lived in convents, who've lived in in mm. in you know monasteries. They were still social animals. Oh yes, yeah. There's massive connection. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Still it's social like animals. Yeah. So I think we all have that in common. We need some mm. feeling of connectedness, feeling of, maybe feeling of being understood by even one person. Yeah, I feel like the understood thing is a really big yeah, thing. Really sometimes important. I can feel really lonely if I feel like I'm not heard or understood. And that can yeah. be quite often in a work environment, I think, mm. as well. Um, and thankfully for me, never long term. And, you know, I've mm-hmm. yeah. got communication skills, I guess, as I've grown older. I'm in environments where communication is encouraged. But in that moment where you feel like you're not heard, that can be so lonely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah. Um, you guys, you said something about social connections earlier, and then I, I've thought a lot about those in lockdown, um, because I've also thought, like, you know, there are some people who really don't have any social connections, but do mm-hmm. want to feel better and don't want to feel lonely. And I read quite an interesting article that was like, actually, the small interactions in a day are almost as important, if not more so, yeah. than the long term ones. So talking to the postman when they come past your door, mm-hmm. talking to someone at the shop, saying hi in the street. So like, if you are on your own and you don't have family or friends, but that those are things that you can do to mm-hmm. still get that little yeah. buzz mm-hmm. of saying mm-hmm. hi and someone saying hi back to you across the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really important. And I think that's that's what homeworking has taken away are a lot of those kind of casual, not, you know, you're maybe having a, like a Teams meeting with, with a couple of colleagues, you know, few times a week but those sorts of like you know check to the women down the hall about how her grandkids are you know that it's it's just not that kind of sort of I know it's an Americanism but the sort of water cooler chat you know that mm-hmm. that we all had with our colleagues if you work in mm-hmm. an office mm-hmm. that just has just not happened for yeah. for two years or you know mm-hmm. yeah no the normal checking the, in the normal yeah, just checking the che- in yeah yeah, checking just, in in the morning. You arrive together, mm, you know, and you know, hi, how are you? And and if that isn't happening, you know, yeah. I think you miss that. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You miss that. Yeah. 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 That's been the real casualty of of mm-hmm. COVID for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I know. I spent too long on my own when I start babbling to the um, the person at the checkout. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I leave the shop and I'm like oh I think I maybe need, I I maybe need to be up with a friend they just got you know verbal diarrhea about some nonsense it's so true sometimes your first interaction of the day I can be like blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. sorry I haven't spoken to anyone today yet you've done uh-huh. it all I know yeah, definitely um, I don't know if you guys have felt this. I, I felt this with other people that I've spoken to about this, but I have absolutely had to force myself to start going out again. 
after being in for two years, like, because I have gone from being great, this is fine, uh, social connections are brilliant, blah, blah, blah. Two years of on and off, having someone take that away from me. And now that the life or the world is seemingly going back to normal, my default setting is to stay in on my own. And I'm really having to force myself to be like, no, ask a friend if they want to do something. Say yes to that invite. Like, do you think that's normal? Do you think other people are feeling that? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think everyone, most people are out of the habit of, of yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, for sure. And there's also some anxiety there, you know, of mixing again and so mm. on. And and it, it it is peculiar, isn't it, to be told there is a date where it's all of a sudden safe to go out. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. this is just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and it goes against my my um yeah, logistics, <laughs> you know. I mean, mm. I'm too logical a person when mm-hmm. it comes to stuff like this. And I think, you know, oh, come on, guys, you know, wake up. You know, yeah. um, don't just say that 21st of March, apparently, you know, beginning of spring, we can take the masks off. Rip the masks off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rip the masks off. Shall we all have a big celebration? It's, um, yeah, it's a nonsense. It's a nonsense. And I don't believe it. So I think, you know, stop passing off this, this, this magical date, you know, um, I equally felt um, angry about lockdown, you know. I didn't think it had to be quite as severe. Um, there should have been a bit more common sense, but hey ho. Yeah, I did feel at one point that maybe we'd never really leave, leave the house again. Like, did, it, did you? Not, yeah, I mean, not quite like not quite like your Austrian hermit, but that <laughs> I did. I did think, well, I can, I, you know, I've been doing we all my ta- work on pretty much all my work on Zoom. Um, you know, I've been working from home. Um, you know, my other job, and it just. Yeah, studying from home. I just felt like maybe I'll never leave the house again, and that was that was. And it wasn't like didn't feel awful because it just I was just I was so used to it. And now yeah. I'm sort of, you know, I was in Aberdeen yesterday um, with my daughter, and we did a bit of shopping, and we went for lunch, and you know, and stuff. I'm I'm going to Glasgow tomorrow, and I'm going to go to uh, see a comedy gig. And I'm actually pretty terrified at thought of sitting in a theatre with I don't know how many hundred people, but um, yeah, it, uh-huh. I'm pretty kind of, uh, it'll be weird, but yeah, yeah, I think just, you know, it'll yeah. just happen. I think it'll just, I'll just start yeah. going out a wee bit more, but yeah. And I think living, because I, because I don't live in the city, uh, I live, you know, so life has felt pretty contained in my wee village, just doing what, what I do. So yeah, yeah it's just... It's been mm-hmm. very, it felt very normal. Yeah, yeah, just weird. Mm. And were you, you weren't kind of going stark raving mad when you thought that? <laughs> Maybe you need to ask my husband, I don't know. No, I, I, I just, because it's, I think, you know, I adapted the first six months, you know, the the first lockdown were horrible. Um, and then it was like, oh, this is life now. And I think in my head, I'm just a wow, this is just life. So. I, I, I would have gone cr- absolutely. You would have heard me screaming all the way to a boy, uh, to a boy. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, um, I was one of these people who wasn't locked down because the rest of the people couldn't work, lock, uh, you know, at home. If a few mm-hmm. of us didn't keep everything else yeah. going. So mm-hmm. um, we worked out who was, essential to the operations and mm-hmm. who had to be in the office and therefore I went in 
I would say out of five days, four days, you know, three, three to four days, I was in town, yeah. you know, it was unusual for me to be two consecutive days working from home. That would have been unusual. Yeah. So um, I was never locked down yeah. like, like the rest. Mm-hmm. What I did enjoy was the fact that I could walk all of Aberdeen without having to kind of one sidestep a person. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> That's really weird, actually. It was it was weird, but it was weird, wonderful. It reminded mm. me of what I used to do. I used to go window shopping in, in Aberdeen a lot, you know, and used to kind of look at all the windows when there were still shops in Union Street and um, look at all the displays. That I love that, you see. Yeah. I mean, because I lived in the country, so window shopping to me was mm. a great thing. I adored it. And um, it felt a bit like that. You were able to actually walk down Union Street, down anywhere, didn't matter, and not meet a single person. And yeah. there were no, um, there were no hardly any cars, so the yeah. air didn't stink like it mm. normally does in town. You could actually breathe, you know, you could actually sit outside there right. and breathe, you know, and without having to smell all the um, detritus of cars. So um, I kind of thought that's actually quite wonderful, and it was quieter in town. You know, so yeah, it was quite it was nice. really quiet. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed those few months of quiet mm-hmm. um, working. You know, so and I did enjoy my walks. Really enjoyed my walks in Aberdeen. Now it's back to kind of having to sidestep somebody mm-hmm. every every t- ten yards. You know, um, so I don't wear a mask when I'm walking. Never really have. Only when it was absolute law, um, and then only in town. You know, not here in the village, mm. I didn't wear a mask um, because I tended to be out whenever. Mm. So I don't know. It's, yeah, I think the pandemic has changed or has made us more aware also. It's changed yeah. our behavior a bit and it has made us more aware of the dangers of being out and being in big groups. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't I don't think I've been in anything very big yet. I, I remember going the very first time into into one of the shopping centers and thinking, oh, this feels different. Mm-hmm. And mm. guess guess who pulled our mask up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the yeah. first time. You know, and, and I thought this this actually feels a bit threatening, you know. Mm. I think um, we do. Yeah. When just talking about the different lockdowns, the first one, I was quite fine. I think I had that panic that a few of us who had who lived on their own in the first two days of thinking, oh, right, I need to pick. My mom and dad had asked me if I wanted to go back and live with them. And it's like, I've got two days to decide. And then I'm stuck with this Gosh. decision forever. And that, of course, wasn't the case, but that's how it felt when we didn't mm. know what a lockdown was. But I decided to stay on my own in the first lockdown. Um, it was almost a novelty. I mean, it wasn't a novelty. It was terrific what was going on. But in terms of survival mm-hmm. mode, and none of us knew what was happening. And it was Zoom calls, and it was quizzes, and what's all this? And, uh, well, everyone was baking. I was running. Um, but the second <laughs> lockdown, I very quickly thought, this doesn't feel good. I could feel mm-hmm. myself really lacking human contact, I think, because I'd had it. And then yeah. it was taken away again. And I remembered how the last one felt. I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure this is going to be the same for me. And kind of like what you're saying, actually, about going into work, I asked my boss if I could go in. We had a few people um, working in the offices. And I said, listen, I 
don't think it's going to be that great for me to work from mm. home on my own because I am feeling lonely and I am missing mm. humans. And so he let me go back in, but it was two really different experiences for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's recognizing yeah. what you miss most, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely heard that from, from quite a few clients that the first lockdown was okay. And I think that very much survival mode. Yeah. kicked in for people and it was and, and initially as well you know sort of I had some clients which which who I was seeing in person um because I didn't do any online counseling before COVID um who didn't want to work online and they said oh you know but we'll just be two or three weeks and then I'll I'll be back to see you and you know the sort of yeah I, like, oh, I think we're going to be a bit longer than that but you know and it, it was months months yeah um so yeah it was just and I think going from that sort of three week to three weeks you know and thinking oh maybe you know maybe we'll be okay mm. in three weeks and mm-hmm. maybe you know mm-hmm. um kind of kept every well, was sort of kept us yeah. going in a way um but then the second lockdown, I, I think, was harder for people, a lot harder. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. right, I think we knew what was coming. There wasn't going to be three weeks. Yes. Like, yeah, this yeah. is a few months mm-hmm. again, isn't it? And it was the winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which made a huge difference for people. It was, it was, that's what I felt. You know, yeah. it was dark, it was miserable, it was mm-hmm. cold, and you were you were stuck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the second one was much felt harder. much harder and much longer. It felt mm-hmm. somehow like it just wouldn't end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also kind of had this awful feeling. I was like, "This is going to be now like this every Christmas, Gosh. every every kind of winter. Yeah. We will be going into this pandemic mode where we will have to kind of basically shut down in order to, um, mm. you know, keep everybody well enough." And I thought, mm. "Crikey, you know, yeah, winter is long enough here. You don't need more." trouble in it or you need don't need an added difficulty you know another way of reducing people's ability to enjoy things mm-hmm. yeah oh, yeah yeah tough time mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. well i think that's us almost the end um i'm really grateful that we've had this honest discussion around loneliness it would be good to end And I think we've probably covered some proactive advice for anyone who is feeling lonely. And for me, I think maybe what you guys have said, and it's not always the easiest thing to do, but if you think you are feeling lonely, if you recognize you're maybe lonely, it sounds like the advice is talk to someone, talk to a friend, get some, is that what what Mm -hmm. you guys would say? Yeah, admit. I mean, if you can admit it to yourself, then Mm. admit it to at least one other person, you know, somebody you can, you feel connected with, or you feel in tune with. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't got anybody, then ask for help. There are services Mm -hmm. available, you know, because um, sometimes it's too hard to admit to family and friends Mm. that that is what you're really feeling. Mm we yeah. don't always want to be seen that vulnerable in our own family or in our mm. own f- groups of, of friends and then mm. go to somebody outside because yeah. sometimes you really have to just get in touch with whatever it is you need mm-hmm. um, and need some help accessing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think counselling is, is fantastic for, for lonely 
loneliness. Yeah. Um, because just the the act of, of being in a, a room with someone and, and talking about how you feel and having that witness in an empathic way is mm-hmm. so powerful. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the shame just it can't live. Shame can't no. live in the in the light. You know, it can't can't live in in, in, in circumstances where there's empathy. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't survive. Yeah. So it becomes um, acceptable to you. Yeah. You yeah. know, to feel like that. And if you can accept it, then you are more likely to be able to share it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and do yeah. something about it. But yeah, when you're trapped in that in that feeling, um, mm. then yeah, do go for help, ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And and if it's a good friend, if it is somebody you trust, that's great. And if you haven't got that, then come to somebody. Mm-hmm. There's so many services. I really like that phrase, um, shame can't live in light. I think it's something Brené Brown, um, she's a, a vulnerability yeah. and shame researcher, and she talks yeah. about shame um, surviving in dark places and not being able to survive if you bring it out into the light, it, can, mm-hmm. it, it withers and dies. It's all, this, it's, all the, it's all these hidden bits, you know, yeah. and we have them all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah but if we're going to I suppose you know that sort of um sense of of fostering um self-compassion and acceptance in ourselves, you know it's easy to accept the parts of ourselves we like you know the fun the fun parts of ourselves mm-hmm. the sociable parts the good really bits quite difficult. yeah the good bits it's really quite difficult mm-hmm. to accept the parts of ourselves that we don't like but mm-hmm. those parts deserve love they're you know they deserve even more love in a way yeah. because they need it mm-hmm. so it's really important mm-hmm and it's also kind of if you are continually hiding a bits from yourself and others, yeah, they really they will be maybe get bigger and mm. and inhabit a bigger part of you, you know. So yeah, and the shame just builds, and then yeah. you can't live an authentic life because you're hiding part of yourself. Well, thank you so much, ladies. That was an hour of care and compassion and wisdom and honesty like I knew it would be for you guys so thank you so much honestly I have a feeling I'll be calling on you again at some point in this series so <laughs> I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear yeah. I can't wait to hear yeah. the, the recordings that you're doing yeah um, well done and I think it's a it's a good thing to do if it, if it helps a few mm-hmm. people you know that would be well, great I really yeah, hope so because so it's been some really honest experiences of loneliness and mm-hmm. and, all, and always ending with some helpful advice or some comforting words or something and I suppose that's what this is about so thank you thank you for being here not at all no thanks for having yeah no problem at all okay thanks guys bye bye bye